0: Welcome to Disaffected. I'm Joshua Slocum, and this is the show where we talk about politics, culture, and relationships through a psychological lens. Would you do me a favor, would you take a minute and share us on social media, let people know who we are? Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, wherever you like. We'd appreciate it. Thank you. So, on today's show, we are going to cover some disturbing stuff. We're going to talk about the White House making the transing of children official policy. We're going to talk first about a bill in the Vermont legislature that affects children who are uh, self-identified as trans. And we're going to get into the debate that's been raging about whether it's appropriate to call other people groomers. So, in other words, get a puke bowl ready. You're going to need it. I'm going to start here in Vermont locally. House Bill 659. You can look this up on the Vermont Legislature's website. I'll just start right out quoting from the bill. This is the summary. This bill proposes to allow a minor who identifies as transgender to consent to receiving hormone blockers and other non-surgical gender-affirming care and treatment without requiring parental consent. Ready for more? This bill has a preamble section, sort of a rationale where it justifies why it's doing what it's doing. Quote, according to a 2021 national survey by the Trevor Project, 42% of lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, and questioning youth recently seriously considered attempting suicide, including more than half of transgender and non-binary youth," end quote. No, no. The Trevor Project is a queer advocacy organization, and I don't trust any of the so-called studies that come out of these organizations. Most of them are self-reports with no validation. They do not control for confounding variables. And even if that quoted statistic were true, 42%, it's not because these kids are trans or non-binary or asexual or queer. It's because they have mental health problems. Because trans is itself, trans identification itself is a symptom of mental health problems. It's not standalone. There's no such thing as I'm just naturally trans and everything else is fine. And we know because we've talked about this on the show before. Uh, one study from the Society for Evidence-Based Gender Medicine looked at a cohort of kids who identified as, uh, or excuse me, who were diagnosed with gender dysphoria, which used to be called gender identity disorder and found that 88% of them had psychiatric comorbidities and the vast majority of the kids in that study had attachment problems and trauma. That's a way of talking around the plain fact that the majority of them come from abusive and neglectful homes. Next part of Vermont's rationale. Quote, numerous studies have shown that transgender youth, especially those whose families reject their transgender identity or refuse to consent to providing them gender affirming care and treatment are at elevated risk for anxiety, depression, and suicidality. This is suicide baiting, and it's particularly disgusting suicide baiting. It's emotional blackmail because it's directed at families. It is saying, it is directly accusing parents of causing their kids to want to kill themselves or to actually kill themselves if the parents refuse to call a boy child a girl. Or if they refuse to allow them to be put on heavy-duty drugs like Lupron that will stop their puberty and mess them up. So refusing to do these things will cause your child to kill themselves. You see how parents have been scared into adopting this. It's, it's summed up in, I don't remember who said this, but one of these disgusting, perverted advocates framed it this way. Would you rather have a trans child or a dead child? Does that sound like cluster B to you? It should, because it is. Next quote. The Trevor Project has found that affirming transgender and non-binary youth by respecting their pronouns and allowing them to change legal documents to conform to their gender identity is associated with lower rates of attempted suicide among these populations. Right, so if you don't want the children to kill themselves, you have to respect their pronouns. What does that mean? means tell the lie that they and their teachers and everybody else want you to tell. Affirm their delusion, cooperate with it, help psychologically strengthen that delusion, and allow them to falsify their records. Kevin was telling me, and I don't know if he has a chance to tell me in my ear if I'm remembering this correctly, but I think Kevin and I were talking the other day about I think a bill was just signed in Vermont that allows people to change the sex designation on their birth certificates. Kevin, do I remember that right? Yeah, Governor Phil Scott signed it. Um, I'll check up on that for the next show. But that's amazing. This is What this is is not respecting anyone's identity. This is legalized falsification of statistical records. It's falsification of public records. So... You have to allow them to falsify their public records, and you have to collude with a lie, or they will kill themselves. You don't want to make them kill themselves, do you? Do you actually believe that? Does anyone actually believe that? And, And here's a question that I would ask that you could ask of people who... Who do believe this, and I understand that it, you can get taken in by this. It's very emotive, and it can trigger your emotional activation system much more quickly than your rational thought. So if somebody is taken in by this, I would ask them, let's, let's just take a step back and ask a few questions about it. Why does it seem plausible to you that this population of youth will kill themselves, will literally take their own lives? If you don't lie and tell them that they are the opposite sex, does putting it plainly that way help you see what's actually being proposed? Does it really truly make sense to you that if you don't allow them to falsify their birth certificate so that the actual official state record claims that a girl was born in 1978, not a boy? Well, listen to me. I'm talking about my generation. These kids were born in the 2000s. Excuse me. Do you really believe that they are at an elevated risk of suicide if they are not allowed to falsify their birth certificates? Does that make sense? Hopefully that can open a a chink in the armor for some people. And don't you think that if someone is truly this mentally fragile and... I think there's probably some of both going on here. I think both that there are a lot of kids who call themselves transgender who do have unresolved trauma. They are being abused and neglected. They do have serious psychiatric problems. I think many of them have childhoods like the one that I had. But I also know from having observed this for many decades, that a lot of this is exaggerated and many of these kids don't actually have these problems. They have been convinced that they have them and they may act out the histrionics that accompany it, but it isn't actually true and it's not helpful to egg them on. But for those who are seriously this mentally fragile, they're that close to suicide, doesn't it seem reasonable to say they have a serious mental health problem? that is personally their mental health problem. It's something wrong with their mind and their environment. It's not that the world is doing things to make them commit suicide. This is a psychiatric patient in need of help. That's a personal problem. The world isn't doing this to them. Back to the bill. A minor who identifies as transgender may give consent to receive hormone blockers and other legally authorized, non-surgical, gender-affirming care or treatment from a licensed health care professional working within the healthcare professional's authorized scope of practice. Consent under this section shall not be subject to disaffirmance due to the due to minority of the individual providing consent. My God, that is a tortured that is tortured prose i'm going to put it to you in plain english first of all disaffirmance is not a word that's not a word okay I was going to ask these people even go to school yeah i'm sure they did they went to public school what that means in plain english no one may say no to a child who says that he is a girl and wants to be put on Lupron to block his puberty. They can't say no to him simply because he's a nine-year-old. His being a child, mean mean, well, it does not count if you're evaluating whether or not to indulge this. It's, it's quite amazing, isn't it? This is amazing. And are you ready for the punchline in this bill? Here it is. The consent of the individual's parent or guardian shall not be necessary to authorize the minor's access to legally authorized non-surgical gender-affirming care or treatment. Translation: Parents may not say no. This just took away parent. This this bill has not passed yet; it's in committee. But if it passes, it will have taken away parents' rights to make medical decisions for their children and given them to the state and given them to any doctor that that child comes into contact with. And although it does not explicitly say that in the bill, this is uh, they are shielding doctors from liability in this bill. This is a liability shield. If a doctor goes ahead and gives your daughter Lupron and blocks her puberty over your objections, this bill shields them. It doesn't have to say explicitly that it shields them from liability that is the effect of this bill and I hope to uh, I hope it doesn't go through but if it does I want to see this state sued to oblivion you monsters this makes children the property of the state <sighs> I'm <laughs> I'm trying very hard to keep my temper because I'm extremely angry about this. I'm horrified by this. I'm going to show you the sponsors of this bill. And if this makes you as angry and alarmed and outraged as it does me, I'm asking you to please contact them. Please make noise. Do it publicly too. Say it on social media. Bomb their phone lines with phone calls. Just get those phone calls in. Get those emails and talk about it on social media. The main sponsor is... Representative Tanya Vyhovsky, and you can see her contact information. Her telephone number is 802-828-2228. Her email is the following letters. T, V as in Victor, Y, H, O, V as in Victor, S is in Sam, K, Y, at ledge.state.vt.us. It's less cumbersome if you just hop over to the legislature's website, look up the bill. They've got links to their contact information. Here is their co-sponsor, Mr. Taylor Small. His phone number is 802-828-2228. And I I, I want to tell you something about the main sponsor here. It's horrifying, but it's absolutely in step with what we know. Tanya Vyhovsky is a licensed clinical social worker and practicing counselor. These people are your enemy. Keep your children away from them. Social workers, don't come in contact with them if you don't have to. They are poison. It's not just Vermont. Now it's national. I want you, please, to try to frame your mind before we take a a watch and a listen to this clip. Remember that you are watching the spokeswoman for the White House, for the office of the president. This is as official as it gets. This is the highest office in the United States of America, okay? Really keep that in mind. Really take on board what the White House policy is. Let's take a listen.
1: Last item for you before we get to your questions. Uh, Across the country... As we've talked about a bit in here, Republican elected officials are engaging in a disturbing, cynical trend of attacking vulnerable transgender kids for purely partisan political reasons. Today in Alabama, instead of focusing on critical kitchen table issues like the economy, COVID, or addressing the country's mental health crisis, Republican lawmakers are currently debating legislation that, among many things, would target trans youth with tactics that threatens to put pediatricians in prison if they provide medically necessary, life-saving health care for the kids they serve. Just like the extreme government overreach we've seen in Texas, where politicians have sent state officials into the homes of loving parents to investigate them for abuse just to harass and intimidate the LGBTQI uh, plus community, today's Vote in Alabama will only serve to harm kids. But Alabama's lawmakers and other legislators who are contemplating these discriminatory bills have been put on notice by the Department of Justice and the Department of Health and Human <laughs> Services that laws and policies preventing care that health care professionals recommend for transgender minors may violate the Constitution and federal law. To be clear, every major medical association agrees that gender affirming health care for transgender kids is a best practice and potentially life saving. All of this begs an important question: What are these policies actually trying to solve for? LGBTQI plus people can't be erased or forced back into any closets, and kids across our nation should be allowed to be who they are without the threat that their parents or their doctor could be imprisoned simply for helping them and loving them. Uh, President Biden has committed in both words and actions to fight for all <clears> Americans, <throat> and will not hesitate to hold these states accountable.
0: This is a this is a perfect example of narcissistic lying, pathological lying, cluster B-type behaviors. That's a woman without a conscience. That's what you're looking at. Do you recognize that? Good. Republicans are cynical and attacking vulnerable children, she says. What she's referring to is the fact that Alabama, the state, really did just ban the transgender uh, surgeries for minors. They banned this bullshit. Thank God. But they are attacking vulnerable children. This is a narcissistic reversal. Jen Psaki and the White House want you to put your children on a path to getting their dicks cut off and their tits cut off. But those of us who are trying to stop that, we are attacking vulnerable children. Notice reversals. That's what they always do first. She says this is not a kitchen table issue. We shouldn't be. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Parents across the country are talking about this because they've woken up in much greater numbers over the past month or so than they have before. And I must say, I thank the White House for being this candid and clear about it. Thank you. People can see you now. She claims that we're threatening to put pediatricians in prison if they give, quote, medically necessary life-saving health care. Yes, Jen. That is exactly what I want to see. I want to see those pediatricians in prison. I'd like to see you in prison too. That's where they belong. This is not medically necessary, life-saving health care. Elective mastectomies, orchidomies, orchiotomies, where the testicles are removed and the penis is sliced open and literally inverted to create a faux vagina that is merely an open wound that needs to be held open with a dildo-like device called a dilator for several hours a day for the rest of the patient's life. Medically necessary and life-saving, huh? She calls Texas looking at limiting this extreme government overreach, but it's not extreme government overreach to threaten states as the White House and the Department of Justice has done with suing them if they try to stop this from being done to children. That's not government overreach. Taking the rights of parents away is not government overreach. We're living in cloud cuckoo land. And finally, kids across our nation should be allowed to be who they are. Yes, so get your fucking mutilating hands off them. Now, before we go to the break, one more. This is a video in a series by a uh, production group called Ask Amaze, which makes videos for kids about, you know, tough topics they need to learn about. And I have seen several people say that um, this video I'm about to show you has been used in New Jersey public schools in the sex ed curriculum. I cannot confirm that. I can't deny it. I absolutely have no trouble believing that that is true. Um, listen to this. Is it normal to watch porn?
1: Hashtag
2: Ask Amaze!
1: Yes! It's normal. Lots of people watch porn. After all, it's
0: right there and it's free. And anyway, many people are curious about this sex stuff. But, and it's a big but, remember, porn is not real. It's just a fantasy, like, uh, like superheroes movies. Bodies don't look like those in porn movies. In general, everything is exaggerated. And sex? It often looks very different in real life. So don't expect your own body or sex life once you have one to look anything like what you see in porn. Or to Ooh, sound like it awesome. either. <laughs> oh, oh my.
1: Find out more about porn right here on Amaze.
0: Can you believe this? It's grooming. Straight up sexual grooming. Is it normal to watch porn? Yes! After all, it's right there and it's free. Did you notice how they helpfully showed some titillating pictures in the background just to show you what you might, what you might find on the internet? Porn is not real. It's fantasy, like superhero movies. See, it's for kids, like superhero movies. And did you catch this? It went by really fast. I know that some of you are listening and can't see this, but there's imagery that accompanies this. One of the little pornified quotes that they flipped by real quick was, who's your daddy? Okay, I can't talk about this anymore. So I'll talk about more things three times a week, which you should listen to by subscribing on audio. We have three audio only half hour shows a week. Look us up on your favorite podcast app, iTunes, Spotify, Google, iHeartRadio. We're all there. See you after the break. You know how podcasters are always asking you to hit the subscribe button? Well, this is us asking you to take a minute right now and be sure you've hit subscribe on your favorite video platform. Click that notification bell too so you never miss our newest content. And don't forget to subscribe on audio too. We have audio only content that you won't find on any video platform, so don't miss out. Do you like Disaffected? Do you like it enough to help pay for it? We'd love to have your support to grow and maintain this show. Donors get special access to our monthly Zoom hangouts. They're off-camera and unscripted. We talk about what you want to talk about. There are two ways to join. Patreon users can go to patreon.com disaffected or visit subscribestar.com disaffected. Twitter didn't like our old account, so we made a new one. Follow at disaffectedp that's disaffected and the letter P, for show announcements and links. If you want our sass and snark, come see us on Getter at Pod. Welcome back. So groomers, grooming. There's been a huge public debate going on about whether it's right or appropriate to call public school teachers, administrators, and these educational activists groomers. This word exercises people, and it exercises them because it punches them in the emotional gut. Because it's supposed to. It's supposed to imply all those bad things that are upsetting people. It means molding a child's mind into accepting something in the future. That's the least controversial definition. Of course, there is a sexual component to this. And although... There is lots of ideological grooming that is not specifically tied to sex that goes on in American public schools and on the woke left and the mainstream left. There is an awful, awful lot of sexual grooming. And the dispute that people are having, um, well, they're claiming you're not being 100% accurate because not every single teacher or administrator intends to personally put their hands on a little girl's vulva. So therefore you can't call them groomers because they're not doing it so that they can molest the child later because most people aren't molesters. So you're being inaccurate and you're being extreme and you're being hyperbolic and no one will take you seriously. Yeah, I know. Blah, 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 blah. Nuance, nuance, reductionist, blah, 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 blah. Respectability politics, it's bullshit. I don't care. I don't care if you don't like it. You know what I don't like? I don't like you running defense for it. I don't like you spending your time telling me and people like me that we're making you look bad. Because all that time you could that you're taking to do that is time that you are not speaking up to stop this. And it tells me what your moral priorities are. And your moral priorities are being perceived to be respectable and having the people around you that you admire perceived to be respectable. I don't care about that. You're not respectable at all. You're a moral shit show. And a lot of this objection comes from women. And they're objecting because they don't want to see upper middle class professional managerial teacher library class women called groomers because they don't want those women to ever be thought of in the same space as sexual abuse. Handily ignoring the fact that it is overwhelmingly women of this class who are doing the majority of grooming these kids and softening them up to be vulnerable to sexual predators? That's your school teacher. 75% of them are women. Librarians, women. Liberal women want to talk to children about sex and reconfiguring body parts and pleasure and masturbation. Have you ever seen so? many women wanting to talk to children about sex. I have not. We have a problem. I don't care how angry it makes people. This is not an academic salon. This is a war. Yes, yes, this is war. It's not a disagreement. It's not a side conflict. We're not going to have dinner and cocktails with each other after we argue in court on opposing sides. People who want to cover this up and tolerate it, I'm not on your side. You are my opponent, at least on this issue. I'm fighting you. You're not my friend, and you're not the friend of children. And your friends, your respectable friends, are not my friends either. They're my enemies on this issue. It is not true that it's not grooming if it doesn't have the specific goal of one person abusing a specific child. What my mother did to me, my mother never fondled me sexually, but she groomed me sexually during my childhood. And, and, and as I've told you before, my story is not unique. A lot of people listen to the, the story of what my childhood was like with my siblings, and they're horrified, naturally. But it isn't unique. I'm not the only person you've met who had that childhood. And there are childhoods that are far more dire and extreme than the abuse that I went through. But it was grooming. And it is part of what made me vulnerable when I became a teenager post-puberty to being sexually seduced and taken advantage of by older men. It had a direct effect on my insecurity and my seeking out of dangerous situations where I'd get that kind of affection and attention. Women do this too. They may be less likely to physically fondle the children, but they are infinitely more likely, apparently, to get into their minds and normalize it. Even if they don't know what they're doing, even if they really do believe that this is healthy sex education, they're factually wrong. They might be very badly mistaken, but what they're doing is still grooming and still abuse. And, And all of this really comes down to people being emotionally unable to accept the truth. And the truth is, sadly, for most of us, there are people we like, we love, that we work with, that we go to church with, that we're on a board with, who are on board with massive institutionalized child abuse. They're either teaching it themselves, or they're bringing their children to lectures, or to churches that teach it, or schools that teach it, or they're turning a blind eye and pretending they can't see it. They are on board with child abuse. These are people you know. They might be in your family. Sorry, truth hurts. Calling those of us who take my approach hyperbolic or inaccurate or not nuanced enough. It's just a distraction. It's just respectability politics. I talk about this in a little bit more detail. Go back to the audio show from this past Friday, April 8th, um, and I spend most of a half hour on it. So I'm going to leave this here, but there's more if you want it. I want to show you an example that, is, that I think has fooled many people. They see what you're about to see as reasonable and non-threatening. I have a different view. Let's roll that, please, Kevin. This um, is, um, by the way, this fifth I grade teacher. I ended up telling the, my students that I was gay. Um, and how it came up was one of the students, I uh, was like, you know, my mom thinks that you're gay because of your voice. And I'm like, maybe, maybe not. So so they were asking me if I was because I kind of alluded that I was So I kind of let them wonder and ponder on it, and I have like, um, you know, like the LGBT uh, promotional, like, uh, this is a safe community kind of stuff, the rainbow stuff all up in my room, and I told them, I'm like, if you look around the room, that should give you an answer to your question. So I did officially tell them. um, They, of course, went berserk, so instead of teaching social studies today, um, they just asked me a whole bunch of questions
2: about being gay. So I think it was pretty well.
0: Do you notice the childlike affect of this man, the childlike way he speaks? Does this man strike you as a grown up? Does he look or sound like any teacher you remember having? I'm not even talking about the gay mannerisms. That's not what I'm referring to. I mean, if I were, I'd have to, I mean, look at me, listen to me. You think I'm not aware that I have effeminate mannerisms? I am aware. I'm not that bad. Uh, It's not that. It's that he doesn't even, he, he can't even clearly pronounce words. He sounds like a child. He can't say students. He's like, so I told my stints, my stints. It's that Bay Area accent that is practically indecipherable sometimes is this cute and cuddly big and smiley affect like he himself is a kid. And people got angry when other people said this guy's grooming his kids. They said this is in the context of the Florida so-called don't say gay bill which is no such thing. no such thing at all does not prohibit saying, acknowledging that homosexuality exists does not prohibit any child from bringing up that they have two dads. Absolutely not true. People are saying, "See, see this is what's going to happen. He 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 won't be able to, to to come out at school. It's just like the terrible 1980s." No, it's not. Here's what you missed. You know, people said, "But the kids asked him, are you saying he can't answer?" Stop it. He rigged this. Did you not hear that part, my critics? Did you not hear the part where he said, I kinda alluded that I was gay before anybody said anything? And then here's the quote. I have like LGBT promotional, like this is a safe community kind of stuff. The rainbow stuff all up in my room. And I told them, I'm like, If you look all around the room, that should give you an answer to your question. He deliberately pre-decorated his classroom with this stuff. He confected this entire situation so that he could do this TikTok video for you. He stage managed this. He made it happen. It was not a natural conversation. This is not your non-threatening gay man who's being discriminated against. This is an emotionally immature child in a man's body who is deliberately manipulating his students to give him the adult emotional validation for his sexuality. I'm sorry, I'm... I'm yelling a little bit. I'll try not to do that so much. Just look how pleased with himself he is. That big giggly smile. I did officially tell them. (laughs) What adult teacher needs this kind of emotional validation from children? Does he really strike you as a professional? Is that what you think a professional teacher is like? I think the answer is no. And I think you need to understand that it's okay to say that. In fact, I think you have to say it. This is not normal. And he's not a victim of homophobia. He's trying to come across... He does this because women are going to defend him, and they do. He's trying to come across as the winsome, feminine, harmless sissy guy that straight girls love. It's a a form of feminized camouflage that trips the uh, he-wouldn't-hurt-a-fly circuit. It makes women think of their gay best friends in high school that they protected from bullies. And, frankly, the set of hysterical straight women who are drunk on nostalgia about their high school days in the 90s or 80s can't get their minds out of this. That's what they see. It's not what's going on. He's, he's a manipulator. One of my Twitter mutuals put this in three tweets, and I couldn't do any better, so I'm just going to read them to you. Maneville Repute says, Why say groomer or grooming? To say that there is a psychosexual dynamic is not to say sex is a motive. Different things. When you see photos of young girls, young enough that I wouldn't even sit next to them on public transit with angry red scars where their breasts used to be, and smiling like they just saw the Beatles in the 60s, maybe it's you who doesn't understand what you're looking at, doesn't understand humanity, doesn't understand the psycho-sexual lust an adult might feel in being the force which pushed those girls toward that end. Maybe it's you who doesn't understand why disaffected young adults, victims turned victimizers, who proudly somaticize their mental illness in their physical appearance, would choose to work with kindergartners as a career, despite how clearly they are giving you the answer. He's absolutely right. These people we show you on the show every week, they've been abused, very likely, but they've turned into abusers. And that's exactly why they're working with children. Stop saying you can't see it. Let's see. How much more time do we have left in this segment? Okay. I'm going to skip over a couple of things. Maybe I'll throw them into another show. Um, And I want to talk about the feminization of men in advertising. So, Kevin, we're going to skip over to graphic B5 when I get ready to talk about this. Sorry to take us out of order. I have noticed in the past few years that the way male models are portrayed in advertisements is very different from how it used to be. Men are, well, take a look at this. This is an advertisement for click, spelled Q-L-I-K. I'm sure it's some sort of software something or other. And it says things that are too small to read without borderline glasses. It says when your data is smarter and more trustworthy than your gut, everything clicks. Look at this, look at this guy here. The legend next to the model is, change your job title to VP of You Betcha. This guy, in a word, he's posed like a woman. He's leaning on one hip. His shoulders are back. His head is tilted. He's holding a cup of coffee, and he's looking at you with a goofy smile. It's submissive. It's more than non-threatening. It's submissive. It's childlike, which is how they pose women in advertisements, too, and it drives me nuts. It really irks me. Women are posed in ways that are simultaneously childlike and sexualized. But now they're doing it to men, too, and I think that's noteworthy. Do you remember this one from the Obama years just a few years ago? Pajama Boy. Holiday picture, Christmas lights are up, and he's sitting there in his one-piece pajamas with his... You know, in vogue, nerd black chunky glasses and a cup of hot cocoa. Like a little boy, but he's a grown man. And it says wear pajamas, drink hot chocolate, talk about getting health insurance, get talking. <laughs> this was for the um, barackobama.com slash talk. Talk about getting health insurance. What is this? Why are men being portrayed this way. And I'm not saying that they all need to be hyper-masculine and threatening. You know, when they go in the other direction, the guy's like, Hur! I mean, it's just as much ridiculous visual drag as, as the oversexualized women. But my God, these men are neutered. Or they're portrayed as prepubescent. Okay, the last thing I want to talk about before we go to the break. I need to tell you a couple of little stories. These are my little things stories, the things that some people say. These are just little things that you're blowing out of proportion. These little things stories, these are snippets. They're little representative samples of experiences that I have all the time. I don't tell you about all of them. I pick representative samples. I don't get my nose out of joint because one thing happens every three months and I can never stop talking about it. Most of the stuff that I encounter every day, I don't bitch about all the time because I'd never talk about anything else. The divide between generations, older people, people in middle age like me, and younger people, and even younger than millennials, the, the really young set, the teens and the early 20s now, the generational divide is getting dire. A, a friend told a story the other day about going shopping at the grocery store. And when he had his purchase to ring up, the clerks would not look at him. They would not say hello. They didn't acknowledge his presence. They refused to make eye contact. The clerk who was ringing him up had a co-worker there. They were talking to each other and just putting their hands out like this for his money, not even looking at him, completely disrespectful, not just disrespectful in any normal etiquette before basically 2022. That's a direct and conscious insult. That's the kind of shit that gets you asked to leave a party. This is just normal now. And he said he felt really sad and insulted. He didn't understand. Well, I see it all the time. I've told many stories like this, but there are other ways that it happens. It's not just a lack of etiquette. It's a lack of basic competence. So the other day, I went to uh, the Hippie dippy Co-op on my way somewhere, and um got got myself lunch from the salad bar and because it's a hippy dippy co-op they everything all their takeout is paper and it's all flimsy and it's got these ti- these little tabs that are supposed to hold things together but it all falls apart nothing snaps nothing ties together it's just a mess it's a it, it's terrible so i put my box on the conveyor belt and it popped open all four flaps popped open and it spilled dressing all over the outside um it wouldn't have been possible for me to carry it with my other items without the food spilling all over the place the checker did not even notice as it popped open she just took it put it on the scale all popped open dressing dripping everywhere rang it up and then put it over in the bagging area like i was supposed to just take it she it didn't even occur to her that she herself had she been me She couldn't have carried it either. And this is what's... I had to ask her, may I please have a piece of tape so that I may carry this safely? And she wasn't rude, but it was like, oh, sure. Nothing there. Do the Zoomers have a problem with theory of mind? I mean that seriously. Do they actually have difficulty understanding that other people are conscious and have interests like they do? This it's like they can't anticipate the very most basic obvious things and nothing is their job they don't want to bag groceries anymore they don't want to help ha- i mean have you tried asking a young person in a grocery store where to find something i try not to do it and believe it or not because my stomach clenches up at at i don't want to have that interaction Because a great deal of the time, the first look you get from them looks like they're offended. It looks like they're communicating to you, you're inconveniencing me by being a customer. Why are you stopping me? Why are you talking to me? And if you can get them to answer, oh, I don't know if we carry that. No offer to see if they carry it. Not even a suggestion that you go to the service desk. Just... Oh, I don't know, maybe it's there. Oh my God. So what I would say about that, I think of this, young people are an uncontacted tribe. Like you see every few years when some explorer discovers a tribe of people deep in the Amazon rainforest or a similar place who doesn't have any knowledge of the outside modern world, Young people are like that. They are uncontacted by the generation before them. They are not only unaware that the world used to be very, very different in terms of etiquette and just basic social comportment. They not only are unaware of it, but if you try to explain it to them, they don't believe you. They literally don't believe you. They are like an uncontacted tribe. And I don't know what we do with this. I don't know how we change this. How do you talk to people... When it's impossible to convince them that it was different and beyond that, when they have no frame of reference to understand why you don't like their behavior, why you don't like the lack of eye contact, why it, feel, why it hurts that they won't look at you, that they won't talk to you, that you have to ask them for things and they act like you're imposing on them when you ask them to do their basic job. It's everywhere. What do we do with these people? Is it possible to bridge that divide? and have a common culture again? I wish I knew. Anyway, we are coming up on the break. Uh, Before we go, we would really love to have your support. It costs money to do the show, and if you like what we're doing, please check us out, patreon.com slash disaffected or subscribestar.com slash disaffected. Thank you, see you after the break. You know how podcasters are always asking you to hit the subscribe button? Well, this is us asking you to take a minute right now and be sure you've hit subscribe on your favorite video platform. Click that notification bell too, so you never miss our newest content. And don't forget to subscribe on audio too. We have audio only content that you won't find on any video platform. So don't miss out. Do you like Disaffected? Do you like it enough to help pay for it? We'd love to have your support to grow and maintain this show. Donors get special access to our monthly Zoom hangouts. They're off-camera and unscripted. We talk about what you want to talk about. There are two ways to join. Patreon users can go to patreon.com disaffected or visit subscribestar.com disaffected. Twitter didn't like our old account, so we made a new one. Follow at p that's Disaffected and the letter P, for show announcements and links. If you want our sass and snark, come see us on Getter at Disaffected Pod. Welcome back. The audio quality isn't very good in this clip we're gonna show you from a video from Vice Magazine, but that's what I wanna start out with. So let's take a listen as best we can.
2: This is my final sign off. Um, After 22 years of serving the citizens of the state of Washington,
0: i um, being asked to leave because I am dirty. State 1034, this is the last time you'll hear me in a state patrol car. And Jay Ansley can kiss my ass. This is a Vice video talking about the trend
2: of mocking people who have died of COVID. Allow me to introduce you to a niche comedy format that you'll probably wish you never heard of slideshows making fun of people who died of COVID. You can find this stuff scattered around on TikTok, on Twitter, and on Instagram. But maybe the best place to find it is the Herman Cain Award subreddit, and it's exactly what it sounds like. It's a message board that borrows its name from Herman Cain, the Republican politician who died of COVID after going maskless to an indoor Trump rally. Even though Herman Cain was never an outright COVID denier himself, and he died before vaccines were available, This community gives awards, in his name, to everyday people who've died after making a, quote, public declaration of their anti-mask, anti-vax, or COVID hoax views. In the last six months, the subscriber numbers have skyrocketed, up to almost a half a million people. A lot of the posts are made by people who have a COVID-denier family friend or acquaintance on Facebook. And the posts tend to follow a format. First, a couple of screenshots of somebody posting anti-vaccination articles, or maybe a couple of Trump memes. Then some screenshots of them posting about how they've caught COVID, but they're confident they'll beat it. Then come the frantic posts from the family who are asking for prayers. If a person is hospitalized, they're officially nominated. And then... The grand, morbid finale, a screenshot of a GoFundMe for the funeral. At this point, the person is upgraded, and they're finally given the Herman Cain Award, and their death is immortalized in shame online.
0: That's just the first part of the video. He's st- this is a form of briar patching. I've talked about briar patching before. It's from the tale of Rare Rabbit. And when he's being chased by the fox, Br'er Rabbit says, oh, please, please, my worst fear, don't throw me in the briar patch. And so the fox throws him in the briar patch because Br'er Rabbit actually wants to be there because he knows that he can wriggle out of the briar patch, but the fox can't. That's what's going on here. This guy starts out saying, you probably wish you'd never heard of this comedy format, but he's actually enjoying this. He likes it. And he wants, by subtle implication, to encourage you to like it, too. Listen to this. Um, Herman Cade died of COVID after going maskless to a Trump rally. You see, right? It's it's not about, it's not only are you stupid in science denying, but you went to a Trump rally. And we know that the only people who have any questions or objections to the science or any of the public policy about mask wearing, these people are all stupid. They're all deplorable. They all love Trump. And they only love him because they're stupid and evil. That's, that's what this is about. That's what he means to say. It's a melding of partisanship and morality. Well, it's his politics that killed him, isn't it? If he weren't so stupid. Quote, a lot of the posts are made by people who have a COVID denier family or friend on Facebook. COVID denier, what does that mean? There are a few people, very few people, who don't actually believe that there is a virus that we call COVID. He's talking about everybody else who isn't denying that the virus exists. We're denying that it is the Black Death, and we are correct. It is not the Black Death. It's a bad flu at best. COVID deniers and having COVID hoax views. I've called this pandemic a hoax, and I mean it. It was a hoax. The virus is real. The emergency response was not. We acted like it was the Black Death. It was not the Black Death. That was the hoax.
2: Let's listen to the second part of this video. The comments are all pretty similar in that you don't really see anybody expressing empathy. What you do see is jokes. People saying, hey, that person got what's coming to them. Or making fun of their political beliefs. Or just calling them stupid. Now some people might say, yo, that's just the internet. What do you expect? But I don't think it's fair to single them out. This conversation has been in the mainstream for a while. From cable news to comedy. Vaccinated person having a heart attack? Yes, come right on in. We'll take care of you. Unvaccinated guy who gobbled horse goo? Rest in peace, Wheezy. One columnist even argued that it's not necessarily wrong to mock anti-vaxxers who die of COVID. Every one of these deaths is a teachable moment. And unfortunately, we haven't been learning from the lesson we should be hearing from them. The conversation about COVID has changed, and nobody's really sure what to do about it. We've gone from feeling compassion to something a little more complicated, especially toward people who won't get vaccinated.
1: We've been patient, but our patience is wearing thin, and your refusal has cost all of us.
2: Maybe you've noticed it too. Not too long ago, we aired a segment on some anti-vaxxers who got COVID, and a lot of the comments from you, the viewers, said that you don't feel bad for them. Maybe you used to care, but you've heard this same story so much you're just burned out on it. You almost can't care anymore. Kind of like how when there's another mass shooting, a lot of people just shrug their shoulders. We've entered a phase of mass compassion fatigue. And the joke stuff might feel a little shocking, but this isn't the first time it's happened. In the late 1970s, when nearly a 1,000 of Jim Jones cult followers committed suicide by drinking poison, people were horrified. But they also started making jokes about it. Nowadays, we even use the phrase drinking the Kool-Aid as a tongue-in-cheek way to refer to somebody who isn't smart enough to realize that they're being manipulated.
0: (sighs) Mm. This guy's demeanor really bothers me. He's trying to pull off, I'm just casual, keeping it real. Yeah, I went there. No, he's not just trying to keep it casual and keep it real. He likes this. He approves of it. That's the entire editorial point of this. It's an exercise in rationalizing cruelty. It's giving viewers an excuse. We've gone from compassion to something a little more complicated. No, we haven't. We didn't have compassion to start with. That wasn't real. But we went right to cruelty. There was no compassion for anyone who didn't buckle under immediately. Right from the beginning, we were treated as leopards. And although the mania seems to be passing, many people lost their jobs. Their employers fired them for not getting vaccinated. <laughs> it's more of the rationalizing. You almost can't care anymore. Oh, stop it and stop moving your head around and doing your, you know, ugh. Bullshit. You almost can't care anymore. Yeah, because it's those of us who wouldn't take the vaccine and objected to school closures and putting masks on children. We were the ones who made your lives really hard. It wasn't you doing it to us. Oh, no, it was us doing it to you. And then he says, kind of like how when there's another mass shooting, people just kind of shrug their shoulders. Really? (laughs) No. Here's why that analogy doesn't work. Because almost everyone, except for the tiny percentage of people who are wicked, almost everyone feels sympathy for children and teachers who are killed in a school shooting. You lot felt no sympathy for us at all. You hated us from the get-go. Your fear started at the beginning, your hysteria started, and when we didn't lock down along with you, you treated us like shit. You never showed us any compassion. Some of you are our friends. Some of you said we should be fired. Some of you said that we shouldn't be allowed to travel on planes. Government seriously thought about this. You never had any compassion for us. I don't even want your compassion. I just wanted to be left the hell alone, like most people. And then to compare this to the, the Jim Jones cult mass suicide... Really? Yeah, really, I guess. (laughs) And he mashes together people who are not compliant with this lockdown and COVID hysteria nonsense. He compares them to the Jones cult members who, quote, just aren't smart enough to realize they're being manipulated. (laughs) That's rich. Honey, that is rich. (laughs) Okay. On a slightly lighter note, today in Damsel in Distressing, uh, and yes, it is a complicated verb, I made it up. This is from author Ellen K. Powell on social media. She's one of many. Now remember, before I show this to you, this is a fully grown woman with an education. This is not a child. This is a fully grown adult woman. And she's one of the set Who likes to talk down free speech as a philosophical priority or as a legal obligation under our Constitution for the government to respect. She wants you not to think of it that way. She wants you to think of people who advocate for free speech as just wicked villains who are trying to take advantage. Because they really want to do just hurdy hurdy bad bad stuff. So here's a tweet from Ellen. She says... At the end of the day, the free speechers really just want to be able to use racist slurs. Then she goes, content warning. Racism, immaturity, stupidity, and even more racism and extreme stupidity. So she posts a screenshot that she claims is an email that she received. And her correspondent's name is Dirty Ching Chong. His email address is Ching Chong at Chink Subject Ching Chong Message Ching Chong Ping Ning Pong Pangbong Ching Chow Peng Pong <laughs> 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 mm, God, I wish people would send me emails like this. Seriously. She's trying to get sympathy and attention because she 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 got this email that is fifth grade level silliness. Right? Ellen, how old are you? You appear to me to be in your late 30s, at least. Why... Why can't you just laugh this off and block a person like that? I mean, as far as I don't care about the racism, I do not care, don't care at all. This is no kind of racism that's actually hurting her. It's stupid and disrespectful, but it's also funny. Get a sense of humor. If this is the worst that you're going to get online, this is nothing. I get bullshit like this, not every day, but almost every day. In some comment that either gets onto the YouTube page or is in the moderate, you know, category, people say obnoxious things about me all the time. They call me a narcissist. They call me a misogynist. They call me a, a brain dead Trumper. I mean, who cares? Who cares? I mean, if someone sent me an email in this style and called me some faggy-fag, limp-wrist squish-squish, I'd fall off my chair laughing. Then I'd screenshot it, and I'd share it with you on the show so that you could laugh with me. I, I mean... <laughs> oh, ching-chong, ching-chong. I think she made it up and sent it to herself. hmm That's what I think. let's take you let's let's wind the show up with some positive news well not all positive because it is disaffected but there I don't remember how many I think I heard this on a a news report the other day that at least 14 U.S. states are considering um legislation that would ban puberty blockers and sex change surgery for minors. Thank goodness. I hope that's accurate and I hope they're all successful. One state has been successful so far. Uh, there may be others, but to my knowledge, I know of, of Alabama ban- banning it the other day. We talked about that earlier. I came across this on social media. This is from Florida representative uh, Randy Fine. And he says, I've had enough Next session, I will shepherd legislation to make it illegal to provide drugs or surgery to a minor for, quote, gender assignment. We'll make it felony child abuse, punishable by prison, loss of medical license. This legislation would not affect mental counseling. Good. Good. Like me, Randy Fine wants to see these doctors in prison where they belong. Prison is where they belong was coverage of this um, from WFLA News Channel 8 in Florida. i got a couple of quotes. First one, um, and this is the News Channel quoting Randy Fine. We should not have children making decisions they cannot undo, said Fine. Now, my bill would not say that if you're a boy and you think you're a girl, that you can't have people call you a girl or dress like a girl or go to mental counseling to talk about it. It simply says you have to wait until you're an adult. And... I'm, I'm going to – I don't think he meant you have to wait till you're an adult to uh, say these things. I'm pretty sure he was speaking off the cuff and meant you have to wait until you're an adult to get any surgery or hormones. That would be the reasonable um, interpretation of that. I'm sure some people are, are going to misinterpret it strategically. Um, next bit of text from uh, this article on WFLA. Fine specifically singled out a plastic surgery doctor in Miami, whom he said advertises her, quote, gender confirmation services on TikTok. Here's Randy Fine. Quote, I don't think if you're trying to market your services to an adult, Fine said before shifting gears, I don't know about you. I don't use TikTok, but my 14 year old does. Yeah, that's exactly why this doctor is on TikTok. Because that's where her vulnerable market is. And who is this doctor that he's referring to that he claims advertises her services on TikTok? There's no claim here. She does. You know her because we've had her on the show before. Her name is Dr. Sive Gallagher. And here's a picture of her. You may recognize this. Her cutesy little Instagram picture of her face with the text, just realized I only get to yeet for teets next week. Sad, sad. It's a reminder, and for those who haven't heard it before, yeet is just youth speak for delete, get rid of. So she can only delete or get rid of, that is, surgically slice off four breasts next week. And that gives her a sad because she likes to do it to children. And she does do it to children. We've showed you pictures. Here's another. Here's another way she advertises herself on social media. Take a look at that. Take a look at that smug look on her face. It me, Dr. Titus Delitas. Ha, ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. Ha ha. Ha ha. I swear to God. How does anybody not see through this? And I'll leave you with, um, I'll leave you with something to give you nightmares until we talk again next week. Here's her publicity shot. Look at that bitch, huh? The eyes always tell the truth, don't they? Did you know that there's a list of the top 10 professions that attract the most psychopaths? and Surgeon is one of them. (laughs) That's the show. Thanks for joining me. We'll see you next week.